attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Hey, it's Jeff here. What you're about to hear is the recording from our weekly Context and Clarity live show that I co-host with Catherine McPhail. Every week, we bring in a special guest that will help us dig even deeper and find even more clarity around the most popular context and clarity topics. This version of context and clarity is simulcast to Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and Twitch. Oh, and did I mention that they're live? We're operating without a net, so we may hit a few rough patches and stumble every once in a while. But I think these guests and these conversations are important enough that we really shouldn't keep them to ourselves. So with that, let's jump into this week's episode. This episode of Context and Clarity is supported by Twinmotion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. To learn more, visit Twinmotion at twinmotion.link slash clarity. This episode of the Context and Clarity podcast is also supported by Section Cut, the interactive virtual conference from our friends at Monograph. Learn more at sectioncut.com. All right, Entree Architect community, it's 4 p.m. Eastern, which means it's time for the Entree Architect Context and Clarity Live for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Thank you for joining us. As you get here, say hi. Uh, Let us know that you're here. Let us know where you're joining the conversation from. We already see some friends. We see John Kenning in Massachusetts. Christian, we see you in Ithaca and Kurt. We see you up there in Flint, Michigan. Great to have you and anybody else that's joining us. Say hi. Anybody that's listening to us in the future in the podcast version of Context and Clarity here, welcome. Glad that you're joining us today. We've got a great guest. We'll have a great conversation today, uh, as usual, in the simulcast version that we call Context and Clarity Live that's streaming out not only to the podcast, but 
to the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, to LinkedIn, to YouTube, and to our many, many, many followers on Twitch. We'll see how many of those folks weigh in today. But uh, say hi when you get here. <laughs> Rod is uh, channeling Romper Room. For those of you that remember Romper Room, Romper, bump, romper Bumper Stomper Boo. Thanks for joining us from, from Monroe, Louisiana today, Rod. And Facebook user from Houston, I'm going to guess maybe that's Gene. Hi, Gene. It is. All right. Welcome. Uh, let's see. Kurt says he's multitasking with the AIA virtual conference. I forgot about that work. We are. That's what I'm uh, doing too. Are you really? On- <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know that you are multitasking yeah. on your own show. Um, well, that's really uh, our show. So it's only a quarter of me. <laughs> makes not you feel good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and to all of uh, all the folks at AIA that are out there, uh, we're sorry that we're preempting the conference today, but we have, uh, we have important conversations here to have. <laughs> so we will, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, Catherine, welcome. Yes. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. My new, my new, uh, your, whatever you call them. So that's exciting. Yeah, those are, uh, those are AirPods as the kids call them. Okay. Yeah, that's some fancy, fancy bling that you have there. The yep. AirPods Pro, as they were. Pro. So nice. Yeah. Yep. I know. Only the best for me. That's what I say. Well, you know, <laughs> I decided I had to buy stuff for myself before I listened to the cash flow conversation, honestly. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of got me over to Best Buy. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I, I can were kidding, see. Jeff, but I am not. No, I can see how, you know, some in the audience may think, yep. We're about to lose all of our financial freedom. Uh, all those bad habits that we've got are about to uh, be chased out of us through this conversation today. Well, um, so. Yeah, may, maybe. But I, I, uh, one of the things that I appreciate, uh, we were talking about this backstage, I guess, before we went live with our guest, who we'll introduce here in just a minute. Um, for those of you out there that don't know this, Catherine and I, you know, it's leading up to these conversations, these Context and Clarity Live conversations. Uh, oftentimes, we're listening to podcast interviews that our guests have been on previously. And so I'll, I'll listen to something. I'll text Catherine. She'll listen to one and she'll text me. And um, some people may call that stock, stalking. Um, we call it research. But one of the things that I really appreciate about our guest who is, um, you know, basically as high as it gets in terms of qualifications and accomplishments when in, uh, finance in the finance world. Um, I really appreciate the fact that they make everything understandable. They bring everything down to the level that I can understand it. My dad was an accountant, uh, I ran as far away from accounting as I possibly could, which meant architecture school, which will be maybe an interesting tie into the conversation today. But uh, I really appreciate uh, this guest's ability to make all of this understandable for those of us that had, have no, probably most of us have no uh, business and certainly uh, accounting or finance training uh, in architecture school. So uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Uh, one thing that we should remind you, if you're out there on Facebook, of course, you're inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, which is a private Facebook group. And because of Facebook's 
privacy rules. We, uh, your, your name and your avatar are not allowed to be released to Restream where we are right now unless you give Facebook permission. And if you'd like to show up besides um, something like Facebook user <laughs> with a with no picture, a generic generic little symbol there, you can give Facebook permission to allow that information out by going to chat.restream.io slash FB, as in Facebook. And that URL is in the bottom left of your screen right now. So right now I see Kurt, uh, like he said, he's multitasking with AIA Virtual Conference right now. And then I see a Facebook user from Richmond, Virginia, who I bet is Louie, but I might be wrong about that. And then we see John Jones uh, from one hour from Grand Central <laughs> in Connecticut. Uh, welcome back, John. So if you if you don't want to show up as Facebook user, go to chat.restream.io slash FB. And you can give Facebook permission to let your name and, and avatar out like Pam has from San Diego and Tim Dearborn from Stockton, California. So thanks to uh, all of you for joining us. As you get here, say hi and let us know where you're joining the conversation from. All right, Catherine, what have I forgotten? Um, so I think, well, besides the obvious of not this. being a guest out yet. <laughs> yep. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, Barry, okay. good evening from Scotland. Thanks for joining us today. All right, I think it's time. Let's bring our guest out. We have a very special guest today. Um, our guest sees numbers everywhere. She's a crocheter, a knitter, an empowerer, and a doer. She's an owner and the CFO of Tech First Century Plus Old Design Firm Mancini Duffy and Maybe most importantly, she's also a mother and a wife. Bolanli williams Oli, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. Thank you so much, guys. Jeff, I need to take that intro that you did for me. That's the first time I've heard someone, <laughs> you know, put everything I do together in a different way. So kudos to that. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, kudos you can to have that. that. So excited yeah. to yeah, be here. Excellent. We're we're happy to have you here. Um, what, one of the things, and I, I didn't, I completely forgot about this. Usually, what we do is the first person in. So today, <coughs> excuse me. Today, the first person I see on my screen is um, Kurt, I guess, from Flint, Michigan. So we award the crocheted bathtub to the first person that arrives on the scene for these conversations. And when we <laughs> when oh, we found out, <laughs> yeah, Christian says we're in crochet. Okay, we're into crochet in this group. Yeah, so that was a huge surprise and a, and a thrill for us to know that you enjoy crocheting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I texted yes. Jeff about that this morning. Yeah, up. She loves to crochet. I do. Right. I, I I I um. So right now I don't do it as much where I would do it like all year round. I usually do um, projects, you know, towards the end of, you know, in the holidays, towards the end of the year, I would crochet hats to donate to NICUs or, you know, babies in Nigeria where I'm from. And um, anytime I have a new baby, you know, my friends have a new baby, they, they're getting a hat. I try to make <laughs> sure that happens. My grandmother uh, taught me using... This is very interesting, and this is probably out of the conversation. But no, um, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Well, she's my grand aunt's grandmother. She she made knitting pins for me out of bicycle, um, you know, the wheel on the bicycle. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how she, yeah, like there was a bicycle that was old and that's how, those are my first set of um, knitting pins when I was younger. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, rest that's her soul. Cool. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty resourceful cool. of her. Yeah. 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 What, one question I think that we, and Catherine and I talked about this a little bit is, with everything that you do, and of course we'll we'll unravel some of this, no pun intended, but with all of the things that you do, the CFO of Mancini Duffy and some you have several initiatives which we'll talk about, and, and two young ish kids, um, you know, and you plan parties and you do all of these things, but somehow you still find time to crochet and to knit. Um that that I think is is admirable. Um, oh, but, thank you. What what is uh what does that allow you to do? You know, I imagine you sit there and, and you're you're doing your thing. Does that is that just a total break from everything else, or what happens when you're doing yes. that? Yes, yeah. So with crocheting, I mean, you know, you can't really uh, do other things. I mean, you could listen to music or podcasts sure. or whatever the case may be, but you're you're actually using your hands to create something. So for me, it's oh, it's an outlet, right? And right. if I'm if I'm making something for a family member, then it's a it's a, it's an act of service for me. So, but it gives nice. me a break. It gives me a break from having to do like real, you know, brain work all the time. <laughs> um, and I just and I and I always enjoy it. Um, I used to appreciate all the time on the train to work. Like you know, it was um, relaxing too. Relaxing yeah. too, right? In this fast-paced world, you kind of have to find something that helps you unplug. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree with that. And I, you know, I think again, we, between Catherine and I, we've listened to several interviews that you've done on podcasts and, you know, it seems to me that that taking a break, the mental break really ties in a lot with one of the things that surprised me a little bit, right? We've, we sort of build this conversation today as, um, about cash flow for architects and you know we'll we'll get to that yeah. probably <laughs> maybe not <laughs> maybe we'll go off on some tangent but but um one of the things that surprised me in listening to you talk about cash flow and finance and all of these things is wellness yeah and i heard you say that for the first time it was a it was a real light bulb moment it's like yes um, you know, you, you, it came right on the heels of talking about mindset, but when you talk about wellness, you know, these, the, the mindset, the money mindset and all that, what is, why is that part of it so important to you? Uh, oh my gosh. So, um, I, I feel like, you know, when it comes, especially wellness and finance, right? I feel like, um, it's something that you probably do not hear all the time, which was, you know, which is why it was probably an aha moment to you, right? Because when you hear numbers, when you hear CFO or anyone in accounting, you hardly hear them saying, well, how does your numbers make you feel? Or like, <laughs> you know, but the wellness piece for me is huge because. In our personal finances, if we don't know what's going on, we don't feel good, right? The same logic applies to your businesses. If you understand you're in control, you've mastered or you're on your way to mastering and, and really king into um, the importance of understanding your numbers as a business owner, as an employee or, you know, whatever uh, position you hold, 
your temperature <laughs> or the way you feel, right, um, begins to improve, right? There's a health piece to it. If you don't, if you if if your business is going well, you're able to make better decisions mentally. You're able to make better business decisions. You're in a position of um, power, I would say, right? And um, you're just able to sleep at night, right? You're able to sleep at night knowing that you can pay your employees, right? The employees that are working expect their paycheck <laughs> every two weeks. And so myself as a business owner and also, you know, managing the finances, if I understand, I know that everything, you know, my business is doing okay, I can I can make the, the business decisions I need to, then your wellness, your overall wellness um, is, is improved, right? And I think that piece is missing uh, when it comes to, right, understanding why you should pay importance, um, pay attention to looking at your numbers. So that, that for me is, is, is just huge. I need all of us to be able to sleep at night a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I've even heard you say that, you know, sometimes things aren't going that well, right? Yep. Sometimes you are struggling. The cash flow is a little off or, you know, whatever's going on, but, but still, knowing what the situation is and, and not having, um, uh, what, what's, I would say not like not running blind, right? You're just not running. Yeah, blind. Yeah. Um, if, if you're driving a car, you can see where you're going that, that right. if there's traffic on the road. You know that you're approaching traffic. You know how to navigate. It's the same thing that applies to our businesses, right? You're in a position of our proactiveness, if there are issues that are arising, you can see it through your numbers. If things are good, you can see through your numbers. You're not just um, uh, running blind and, and not knowing what exactly is happening in your business. Yeah. So um, it's huge. It's huge um, when it comes to, to understanding and making the appropriate business decisions or knowing what lever to pull, yeah. right? Knowing, yeah. knowing what lever to activate in your business. So Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that I think the car analogy, the driving analogy, is a great one. Um, that's there's you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, when when is you know when is it the most stressful? You know, when you're driving a car, well, you know, I don't know about where everybody else is, but sometimes around here it can get really foggy. Yep. That's when I you know when I can't see when I don't know what's going on. Uh, so I, I love the car analogy, and you've you've mentioned a couple of times now the ability to make good decisions. And I think, you know, this is predominantly an audience of small firm architects. Uh, because we'll, we're simulcast today, uh, we could certainly have some that are from larger firms and other, you know, maybe some other uh, professional services folks uh, thinking about the networks that uh, we're going through on LinkedIn and things like that. But um there are an awful lot of us in professional services, an awful lot of us that went to architecture school that didn't get, um, well, really any business training, but certainly not accounting or finance. Um, so we don't know what we don't know sometimes. Um, oftentimes we are stressed out, again, probably because we're not looking. We don't even know what we're not looking at. Uh, but I love this idea that you have brought up and that you mentioned from time to time about looking at the numbers, understanding these things. So it 
so you have the ability to make good decisions instead of bad decisions. So can you explain the distinction there, right? How, why am I likely to make bad decisions? Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I, for me now being in the industry 14 years, I've gotten to know my architects and my designers and how you guys function and how we're sorry. Really very smart, very, very smart um, group of people. Um, but I've gotten to see how it's it's quite easy to get very, not, not caught up, right? But run with the design, right? You're running with the design and you, you keep running and you keep running and you forget that as you're running with your design, it's costing you time and time equals money, right? Especially on projects, right? So... Um, when I say making good decisions, right? So for example, let's say on, in your proposal, you had written that you were only going to do two test fits, but you're, you're not paying attention or tracking or consistently looking to make sure that you've now not gone to go outside of scope. When you go outside of scope, that's going to be a bad decision for you because it's affecting your, it's affecting your profitability at the end of the day. It's affecting how much cash you keep. Also, it's affecting the the money you're leaving on the table, right? So our, our profession, we are notorious for giving out free work, (laughs) free work. And so. When you're now paying attention to your numbers, right? Knowing exactly what, what should I be looking at even, right? Not, you don't need to use all my fancy terms that come along with accounts receivable, accounts payable, uh, earning, right? You need to know what reports you should be looking at. So for example, the example I gave of, um, you know, you're supposed to do two test fits. And if the client comes and says you should do a third one, well, that's a flag. But if you're not paying attention to it, you're making a bad business decision, right? So that's just a, a simple example um, that I will give when I say in terms of good decision and bad, nah, not so good decisions that are affecting your bottom line. I want all of us like small firms to be in a position where you're actually making money, where you're staying in business for the long term, where you actually get to do what you love, which is design, but you can't design if you're not looking at the numbers. They, they're, they're, they go hand in hand. So that, that for me is a dis- the distinction, right? Am I tracking my hours? Timesheets is a problem <laughs> or like recording time is a problem, no matter your firm size, right? If you have a fee and you're not looking at the hours that go alongside that fee and the cost, how do you know if you're staying to budget? Yeah. Right? How, how, do, how do you know if you should take on more work from this particular client? How do you know how to bid for the next job, right? Like, let's say you're not, um, yeah, the job costs you a hundred thousand. What if you came under? If you're not tracking how much it's actually costing you to do a particular job, then how are you going to know how to, to, to go for the next job or how to add more profit? Knowing that you can, it takes you less time, right? So again, I like to give examples, right? That we can all relate with, but that's good decision versus bad decision, right? So these things, there's so much that lies in just paying attention to our numbers again. And I love 
my motto is to keep it so simple, keep it stupid simple, right? Like you, you, you said it clearly, you didn't go to accounting school. <laughs> but unfortunately in architecture school, you're not, you're not giving these foundational um, skills that you need if you were to become a business owner or to be, <laughs> I see in the comments, timesheet is the bane of yes, every, yes, it is. It is. We've come up with all sorts of tactics in my, my firm to make sure people do their timesheet. But yeah, so, so yeah, let, let me wrap up my thoughts. I, I just got sidetracked by that. Um, but yeah, so much power. And then having that foundation of making sure it's set, or even if you've been in business a really long time, we, uh, we talked about mindset earlier. Like if you, if you don't address the fact that one, maybe you're not so good at your numbers, but you know, you need to change your business is not going to grow as much as it can. <laughs> if you don't address, it. if you don't address that mindset, that fear that we have of, Oh, well, I don't, I don't really want to like peel behind and see. I don't really want to uh, hold myself accountable. I, you know, I'll just keep scrambling to, to win client, you know, to get the next job. You will constantly be in a state of scrambling rather than being in a state of, um, understanding what you should go for, what you shouldn't go for, making the right strategic decisions for your business. So you can, you can, you can stay in business. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, it's so I, when I introduced you at the beginning, I said you're a CFO, but I don't think I said, uh, at any point yet what you're CFO of. So you're, you are the chief financial officer of Mancini Duffy, yes. which, uh, I'm guessing that many of them in our audience know Mancini. Uh, they've been around a little while. <laughs> way, way, and, way before I was even thought of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long, long before you graduated from college, they, they've been around yes. 140. 16 years or so by now? Yeah, yes. Well, um, 1915. So we're at 106. Okay, 106. Okay, so that's that's a good amount of time. So they have found a way to sustain themselves. Um, one of the things that I said in the intro that is fascinating to me, you know, you were talking about your past in some other interviews where you didn't want to go into accounting because that's what your mom did. Um, I was the same way. My dad was an accountant and, um, there were a lot of differences between the two of us personality wise and things. And so I, I ran, uh, rightly so. I mean, he's, he much more numbers guy and I'm more on the creative side, but, uh, but you didn't escape that from your mom. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, I surely did not. (laughs) It was, um, it was really funny. It was funny the day she, so my mom lives in Nigeria still. Um, it was funny the day she came to Mancini's office when I had just joined as controller. And her last, like before she went out into her own business, her last position was a financial controller <laughs> for um, a media company, right? So we, we both ended up in uh, non, um, would I say, different industries but same right, exact right. track even though i ran away from it in in college right yeah the, the when you talked about your math your a degree in math right yeah um and then interviewing for your first job in an architecture firm by the way um which i also think is interesting you 
you have a degree in math and now you've spent your entire career in design firms, <laughs> which it's, you know, we, we do have an audience of mainly small firm architects, but every single one of these small firm owners or employees uh, have to deal with the math. Uh, have to deal with invoicing on some level and paying bills on some level, but but uh, you uh, you're the legitimate, you're the CFO or the controller. Start as project accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, that's one of the interesting things as well. That you spend an entire career, like probably everybody in the audience, has spent an entire career in this industry, but you've come at it from a completely different way. Yes, yes, uh, uh, totally different. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll share. So yeah. what actually sparked my interest in the industry? Um, well, one, I, you know, I, I came from Nigeria to go to college here. And I, I came to do computer engineering. I took physics my first semester. I, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing computer engineering. Um, let me study math because I was really good at math in high school. A teacher had spotted that out. Um, and I really enjoyed my math courses in, in at Hunter College where in, in the city where I went, New York City. I forgot we have a, a vast, our crowd is from all over. Um, but in high school, I had taken a technical drawing class. And so fast forward, you know, five years, about to graduate. I'm an international student. I need to find work wherever, <laughs> whoever right. to sponsor me. Um, I stumbled on this job posting it for an architectural firm. And because I took technical drawing in high school, I had my huge TD board and the T-square that we used to have. Um that literally was why I applied for that job. I said, I think it would be interesting uh, to work in an architecture firm, even though I had no clue what a junior project accountant did, even though I knew I didn't want to do accounting, but I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not pure accounting, right? I'm not in an accounting firm. So I'm still running away from my mom's track. <laughs> um, and that's how I ended up here. And here I am now, 14 years after, literally worked my way up a double promotion, as I call it, somewhere in between where I moved from senior project accountant to controller, right? And, um, and my mind blown and one of my most, you know, proud, proudest moments of my life is now actually owning part of this hundred year old firm, right? So yeah. how does it, a little uh, 18, 17 year old girl from Nigeria blink and all of a sudden this is where, she, where she is now. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I think for me being in the industry and, and what has been my differentiator is also just my interest in the projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to approach, um, the accounting piece of it, understanding a bit of the design. Like, what phase is this? I might not know, I might not know what's on the drawings, but if I understand where, you, where you're at in, in your project, while I'm looking at the numbers, right? If you tell me, um, Jeff uh, is supposed to work on this project 20 hours a week. Well, my job as your partner, right? I hate the term back office, your accountant and you as a, a business owner, right? You're, when you switch hats, 
remember, right? If you had said you, if you projected 20 hours and then you're going over, well, there needs to be a flag. And so my job, you know, essentially is, or coming up is to make sure projects were successful. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know if my sound uh, came in, but essentially my job is to raise that flag early enough for you um, so that you can, you as a project manager or now, you know, on a firm level, we as firm owners can make the right decisions. There's that, there's that triple constraint triangle, right? Scope, time, resource, um, scope, time and cost. And so your, your accountant or you, when you put on that hat, you should be thinking about that. But thinking about that in relation to the qualitative part, which is what you guys are doing on the design part, right? So the numbers help me ask you the right questions. And then when yeah. I ask you the right questions as you're designing, you feed back to me, then we can track. We know, okay, well, if you went over a little bit on one phase in programming or in schematic, well, can we make it up in design development, right? Is there, how can we make sure that your project ends up um, finishing strong? Not just that the client is happy, but that you haven't burnt yourself out. Um, from a money perspective. What if you could visualize your building in just a couple of clicks, remove months from your design process, or what if you could even create a bridge between stakeholders to solve problems before they even come up? Well, our friends at Twinmotion offer simple real-time visualization for architects just like you. Their technology lets you view and edit your scene on the go in the same pixel-perfect quality as the final rendering. Twinmotion seamlessly integrates with other tools like SketchUp and Revit, and it transforms your BIM or CAD models into high-quality images and panoramas, standard or 360-degree VR videos, or even your final presentations. Sound complicated? Well, what if I told you that Twinmotion enables anyone to present their biggest ideas in the easiest way possible, no matter what experience you have with graphic softwares. That sounds like something even I could use, but don't take my word for it. Check it out yourself by downloading your exclusive free trial at twinmotion.link slash clarity. That's twinmotion.link slash clarity to try Twinmotion for free. Monograph is building a community of like-minded firm owners and operations leaders who are looking for solutions that align with their firm's values. On top of that, Monograph is building the only cloud-based practice operations software built exclusively for architects by architects. Monograph's easy-to-use and beautifully designed software allows you and your team to know in near real time whether you are on pace to deliver a project on budget. With Monograph, you and your team can plan project schedules, budgets, role assignments, and team members all in one place. What's the best part of Monograph? And this is a big one for me. It doesn't require a degree in finance to use. To experience the difference today, sign up for a free trial at monograph.com. And to underscore their commitment to the architecture community, on August 12th, Monograph will be hosting their first ever virtual conference. It's called Section Cut. This one-day event brings firm owners, operations leaders, and project leaders together 
to learn from success stories and workshops, all with the goal of improving their business. Reserve a seat at Section Cut today by visiting sectioncut.com. So you just described, you know, the the way that the business of architecture works. And and that's one of the things that's really impressed me about your story as well is that, I mean, you're, you have gone all in, in this profession, in this industry, even to the point that a couple of the initiatives that you have started. So for all of our audience out there, just um, get the term she builds into your mind because several of uh, several initiatives that Bolanli is has uh, started all start with she builds. So there's she builds lives, there's she builds waves, and she builds uh, money. And I know two of those are specifically for this industry. One for uh, women in the in the industry, I think, which is waves. She builds waves, and then um, small firm owners, I guess, if yes. it's, if that's fair to say, yeah, with yeah. she builds money. Um, can you talk about uh, maybe start first with with she builds waves? What's uh, yeah. what's she builds waves about? Yeah, sure. So. Um, so she builds waves uh was birthed uh in 2019 you know so as i mentioned i joined mancini as controller in 17 18 i became cfo 19 i became part owner and for me being in a leadership position um I'm always trying to, again, I, you, you'll notice with me that service is such a huge part of, of, of my life in general, but I'm always trying to think about ways that can have larger impact, not just in my organization, but beyond. And so She Builds Waves really was birthed because I was looking for um, ways of holding space for women within the industry, no matter your department, right? So I, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of the organizations now, um, I love them all and get a lot of support from them, but a lot of them serve the folks on the floor, mm -hmm. the designers, the architects, but there are people like myself who have made a, a career within the industry, right? Or allies, as we'll call us, right? Um, mm -hmm. How can we break departmental um, barriers where, you know, the designer, the architect, the HR person, legal, all these women are coming together to have conversations that uh, affect how we show up at work, right? So we can do our work really well. We have great designers. I'm a great financial professional, clearly. <laughs> um, but there's so many other factors that affect how we show up. And so, like, what does success look like for somebody like me? You know, I, I would say for me, I call myself a unicorn also within the industry because, um, you know, it's very tough within the accounting groups, especially if, you know, if you're in a small firm, a large firm, it's very tough to find your way path up, right? And so I think about a lot of us um, as growing wide, right? Like, what else are we adding um, to our career toolkits or to, you know, what does success look like? If you if you don't have that traditional trajectory up and how can we all support each other? Right. How do we begin to talk um, in our organizations or in our firms about um, non tangible uh, value that we're bringing to the table? Right. So there are you, 
you know, for the folks on the floor or even accountants, right? Maybe, you know, you have the regular things, you're doing your work well, you're meeting your targets, but uh, maybe you enjoy speaking. Uh, is there an opportunity in your organization to, to either um, be part of a lunch and learn, right? Lunch and learn is the best example. I don't think I've been in any organization, in any of my organizations where the lunch and learn is a finance lunch and learn or a, a legal lunch and learn, right? You guys just forget us. <laughs> but that, so that was the point, right? Um, bringing women together to have these conversations, um, feeling that support um, in a network. And then of recent uh, with COVID, of course, so we used to meet in person. It was just, I used to hold them once a quarter. Um, but we used to meet, um, with COVID happening, we pivoted to something called, um, the growth workshops, right? So where I'm bringing on experts to help us add things into our career toolkit that can set us up for success. A perfect example, I brought somebody that helps with negotiations. How do you negotiate, um, no, pay? How do you negotiate time, right? Because sometimes it might not be only pay, but maybe you can negotiate extra time, maybe you can negotiate flexibility. So things like that. So that's She Builds Waves. Uh, she Builds Money, I call call She Builds Money my COVID baby. And I think a lot of our listeners will really enjoy She Builds Money. I got, guys, you need to go on there. There are so many free resources. But again, position of service and giving back to others. I have spent 14 years now immersing myself in finance within the industry. How can I create a platform that can break down um, finance, cash flow. I mean, so I started off with cash flow, of course. Well, the idea was pick one problem, just one that I know small firm owners might struggle with. I mean, we all struggle with it clearly from last year, but pick one problem and, and can you create a tool that can help small firm owners begin to um, feel in control of their cash? <laughs> Right. Understand how cash flow works. Can you create a tool that can teach them from start to finish? Right. And in that tool, so I have something called the cash flow um, tool. In that tool, we use um, simple terms. Right. You don't care about accounts. I say this again. You don't care about accounts receivable. You care about who owes me money. <laughs> who do I owe? You, you understand what I mean? And there's yep. not, you're not a trained accountant. It's not your job to like now all of a sudden be this graduated from college accounting professional. But the, if you're able to understand and, and, um, break down these terms so that it's more digestible so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming to small firm owners, then you, I, I feel like you'll find more people willing to actually take that step to now beginning to track your numbers, right? So um, I think you had mentioned, we don't even, sometimes firm owners don't even know where to begin. Mm. So I created a free resource. It's called the finance task at a glance. What should you be looking at at daily? Are you checking your bank balance? I mean, maybe traffic isn't as much, but you, you set a rhythm and you stick to it. What should you be looking at weekly? What should you be looking at monthly? A lot of us wait till the end of the month, right? To, to, to now start like pulling receipts. Then before you can finally like package your invoice, guys, that cash flow, your bills are constantly, constantly coming to, um, 
people you owe, they're constantly invoicing you. But if you don't invoice to your clients on time, <laughs> you're not going to take care of your bills, right? You're not going to be able to take care of your bills. But why is that? It's because you're leaving it and you're not doing it consistently enough. It's, it all boils down to habits, mindsets, and having the right financial habits. So really quickly, I'll say in that cash flow tool, the first thing I tell you in that tool is go into your calendar and set a weekly finance meeting with yourself. Don't even, if you don't do that, don't even move forward. <laughs> don't even move forward. Right, because that's the first step to saying, okay, I'm going to clear out. I'm going to make out time to actually take a look at this. Okay, how much time? Well, I'm I'm doing it right now. So, what? How much time? Fifteen minutes. Start with fifteen, right? So, I always tell people, okay. you don't want to go from zero. I that's the same, right? Go from zero to a hundred. No, you want to go from mm -hmm. zero to ten, right? If yeah. if this is because you're you're trying to you're trying to change a habit. You're trying to change a habit, right? You're trying to, to curb your bad habit of not looking at your numbers or not paying attention to your numbers. So 15 minutes and you pick three tasks. I'm going to check my bank balance. I'm going to pull, you know, if you have bills to pay or, you know, I'm going to see what I have to pay. Um, and, you know, if it's month end, you say, okay, well, I'm going to, to look at how much money went out, how much money came in. Because at the end of the day, as a small firm owner, when you get to month end, you want to know that you've done all your invoicing. <laughs> you want to know that, you know, when you look at your cash, if you had more cash come in, that's great. What did you do right? If you had more cash go out, well, okay, that's still fine. What happened? Um, you want to know that if you have insurance renewals coming up, you're prepared and you're oh, not yet yeah. with a huge bill. You want to know that, um, so again, this is my style of giving examples so that you can actually connect, you know, but uh, taxes, you need to pay your quarterly taxes. Uh, well, I have you planned for it, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not looking at it frequently in bite-sized um, um, chunks that you're, you're able to then, you know, build up, right? So you move from 15, then maybe you move it to 30, then maybe you're like, you're just a whiz at it and, um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like that, that is how to approach it. If you don't already have a system. Yeah. I, th I think that's, that, that's great. I mean, our audience hears me say this all the time. It doesn't matter what topic we're talking about in any given week, but, um, you know, what I say is I don't care if you don't have a system today. I don't care if you don't understand your cash flow today, but, when you find out, when you figure out that you need a system or that, oh, hey, hey, there is this thing called cash flow that I need to be paying attention to, then from that day forward, it's all about, I, I always say 1% improvement every day. Love it. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying. It's how do we, uh, I'm a big fan of the book, uh, Atomic Habits. Oh, oh yes. Love it. <laughs> And I'm yeah. trying to remember the author off the top um, of my James head. James Clare. Yes, yes. yes. Um, break, breaking those things down. It, it, basically, what you just described, break it down into the smallest pieces possible to to build those habits. So I, I see a lot of comments here. You know, somebody said guilty. Somebody said, okay, you know, uh, I'll, I need to set these meetings. If if we assume that there's 
one person in the audience that doesn't have a handle on their cash flow today. And and you you just kind of outlined this already. Um, and somebody says I scheduled that meeting, but now what if I ignore it? What do I do now? Yeah, that was not um, me, but it could have been me. I did not write that, but that's <laughs> totally me. I schedule stuff and then I don't do it. So anyway, think, continue. I continue what you were saying there. Yes, because what has now happened is other things have taken priority. But yeah. this is the most important thing for you as a business owner. You didn't go into business to just, you know, uh, uh, would I say la-di-da or, you know, you went into business because maybe one, you, you, if you were working for someone else, you now wanted to work for yourself, but you, you want to, to be able to provide for yourself, provide for your family. Um, maybe if you want to grow, you know, maybe that's one of your, your goals. So this now has to become priority. And I think when you, when you ignore it, maybe it's now still too big, right? So if it's not 15 minutes, break it down to one task, five minutes. I'm going to, you, until you build that habit. But again, it's, it's not about the numbers. It's about our personal habits, right? It's, we're all people running these companies or running these firms, right? And our personal habits flow into how we run our businesses, right? You're not one, if you, if you really go down deep into it, right? You're not, you're not a different person all of a sudden once you get into your business. And so, um, I will say you need to make a priority. Right. Maybe this is your this conversation that we're on to do it today is your is another reminder to prioritize um, not ignoring. Maybe you put maybe you add some friction into into. Um, yeah. James Claire talks about this. Right. Adding friction uh, when you're trying to break a bad habit. Right. So maybe there's something you need to add in. Like if you ignore it, you don't get uh, your coffee for the, I, I don't know, <laughs> come up with an, help me with an example, right? There's something that you have to add in so that um, this really becomes um, important to you. Yeah. I, I love that idea of, of not only adding friction, but removing friction. Oh. So, you know, the adding friction to break the habit, but remove friction to build the habit. Yes. And, and I think you're exactly right. It's, you know, as small business owners, which a lot of our audience are, uh, and, and you you meant you you said it earlier, right? Putting on this hat, putting on that hat. They're wearing seventeen hats, so uh, a lot of this does come down to prioritization and discipline. Yep, yep. It's um, you got to be disciplined. You have to hold yourself accountable, um, yeah. and um, for you. Because the way I think about it is, you know, a lot of times, maybe, maybe, maybe your business is doing just fine. But then, you, but think about how much better it can be if you just changed, right? So yeah. a lot of people might say, yeah, I'm doing fine. My clients pay on time. My bills are paid. I don't ever have to look at it. Well, then maybe there are growth opportunities you're missing out on. If you're not paying attention to these things, right? There's always just so much more you can be um, accomplishing or improving in your business uh, if you fix these inconsistencies when it comes to um, 
looking at your numbers. Treat your yeah. yeah, see? Guys, it's no different. I say it, it's no different. How you're operating your personal life or, you know, if you want to work out, there, sometimes you treat yourself the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, I think Audrey's suggestion here is probably about the ultimate that we could possibly come up with. She says, treat yourself. I used to bribe myself to go to a meeting by doing it at a cafe with a nice coffee or chocolate. Uh, that's that pretty much makes the world go round. So I think that's probably the <laughs> best best way to remove friction ever. Yes, yes. I'm all about thinking of ways to remove the friction, right? So, um, you know, I, again, I'll, I'll plug again that finance test at a glance. That's a way to remove friction, right? Well, I don't know what to look at. Well, she builds money, has a... And, and guys, I'm so proud of this. It's clickable. You, you can check it off, right? So you do the task, you check it off, and then you save a copy and say, okay, this is for week ending July 30th. I'm, I'm all done with my tasks. Yeah. I saw so, a comment that said, you know, project work gets in the way. Guys, don't, don't forget it's, um, you know, like you want to do it or you love it, but project work gets in the way. Again, it's priorities. It's 15 minutes. We've already been on this call for almost 15 minutes. Yep. That means you have 15 minutes. You found a way to prioritize to being here. <laughs> Maybe point. because it's something you enjoy, right? But yep. again, something so important to you being successful in business, you need to make, you need to try to make time for it. There's, it's always a trade off. And well, that's why I advise starting smaller. Start yeah. with 15 minutes. I even have something called 15 minute Fridays. Follow our Instagram page. <laughs> So, and your Instagram is Bolanli underscore HQ, right? Yeah. So that's my personal, but like, you know, if you're looking for more um, finance tips, you can follow She Builds Money. Um, right. She Builds Lives. I know we didn't talk about that. My nonprofit is related with the industry too, right? So um, it's for, you know, I, I'm really passionate about education in Nigeria. And one of the things that we do through the nonprofit is build schools. Right. So I recently in 2019, we recently completed our first school project. Congratulations. Guys, come and help me out. <laughs> you guys lend your skills um, to, to, to children in, in Nigeria. Right. So we're looking to build a, a learning, a free learning center um, in. Uh, they, so they're called IDP, it's called IDP camp, which is an internally displaced people's camp. So people who had to leave their, you know, their homes. Um, to move somewhere else. And so the idea is how can we create a, a center where they could come help, get help, uh, with the education. So that's, that's still our industry related. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if you're listening right now, uh, and we'll cover this again at the end of the podcast here or the end of the show, uh, all of these, she builds money, she builds waves, she builds lives. Um, those are three initiatives that Bolanli has, and you can find those all at shebuildsmoney.com, shebuildswaves.com. Yeah, shebuildslives.org. Or because it's a, yeah. a nonprofit. Yeah. So um, we will, uh, again, we'll share that info at the end of the, uh, uh, end of the show here. Uh, but, you know, you were, a minute ago you were talking about, well, we've been talking about priorities. And somebody you, you mentioned, you saw the uh, comment where someone mentioned project work gets in the way. Um, 
maybe a way to look at it is in the extreme example, which actually I don't think is necessarily all that extreme. If you continue to allow project work to get in the way, at some point there are no more projects, right? You have to be able to prioritize, um, you, and, you know, you're marketing your business development the same, right? Uh, if you're not bringing in work, if you're not managing your finances, eventually that project work goes away. So we've got to, as uh, as small business owners or even large business owners, you just have more people to help you with it. Um, you have to be able to prioritize these things. You have a responsibility to yourself and to your clients and, and to, you know, whoever depends on you. So, um, I guess, you know, that's a little bit of getting up on the soapbox and, and, uh, you know, preaching about that a little bit, but it's, that's one of the reasons these conversations are so important. Um, what I know we're, we're getting very close to the hour here. So one of the things we, we start these conversations at nine o'clock in the morning on uh, clubhouse on the Clubhouse app, we have a little uh, coffee talk is what we call it. And one of the things that came up today, and I think this is really interesting about this time right now, there are a lot of firms that are really busy right now, small firms and large firms that are really busy right now. Um, and yet there are some who are completely opposite, right? The, the pandemic has really hurt them and really uh, shut them down and uh, – their clients down, et cetera. And so they're really struggling. Uh, if you, if you take the instance of a small firm owner, maybe they're struggling now because, um, you know, they, they don't have a lot of work mm -hmm. struggling with the cash flow for obvious reasons. If they don't have a lot of work, if you were to find yourself, if you're a small firm owner that found yourself right now, sort of in, in the in the dip uh what's your maybe a couple of tips for somebody that's in that dip to try to right the ship and find their way back or find their way out of that is there are there any measures that they need to take to kind of shore things up yeah yeah i I feel like the phase that we're in right now, like you said is is weird in our industry in general where either uh, you know, everyone is now ready to start work. Um, things, things are picking up. However, you close on a project. It doesn't mean that cash comes in right, right away. Right. Like, so where that, we're in that weird phase where, you know, your hair is not short. It's not long. It's, you, you just need to make it, <laughs> you just need to make it through. Um, one of the things that I advise or, 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 you know, I practice in, in my, in my, uh, firm, as well as, you know, talk to others is you need to understand what your, um, well, one, building relationships with the vendors that you have with your client, the current clientele that you have, if you still have, right? Any, right? Because you want to make sure that one, some way, somehow, uh, your invoices and payments are still coming in, right? And so on the, the, the bills don't stop, but the money coming in is what is really affecting a lot of firms now or what affected us during the pandemic. And so if you still have projects, maybe one or two projects, make sure that you know who is writing your check. 
and who, you know, you can pick up the phone and call to make sure that your payments are coming in on time. What I see happen a lot of times uh, with small firms, and I see it with, you know, consultants or whatever the case may be, is they're not following up on their invoices. You send your invoice out and you're almost afraid to ask for your money for work you've already completed. So the first thing I say you want to do is look at the invoices that you have out, you know, um, if they're, they're none that haven't been paid in a while, pick up the phone and call. Um, if they, you know, or send an email, make sure you're following up on those payments. The second thing on the expenses side is to really scrub your expenses. Sure. You know, you might not be able to save a huge amount, but one of the things that we did was to either call and ask for extensions on, you know, like I know your payment terms are 30 days. Well, can I go out to 45 days? Can, you know, like how much more are, um, your vendors willing to work with you to make sure that at least you can meet your commitments, right? So that's two things, right? In terms of cash flow, it's money coming in, which is your invoices and bills going, um, uh, uh, bills that you have to pay, which is money going out, right? So those are the two places that you initially want to start looking at. Um, then of course, start thinking about what else can I do? What, what other projects or how can I um, ramp up BD or what, how can I get myself out so that I can increase my revenue, right? So maybe you have your current pool of clientele that you look at. Maybe there's, uh, you know, in your skill set, maybe there are different types of work you can do to help you get through um, this uh, difficult period, right? You need to increase that money coming in. So you really need to think about how else can I increase my, my revenue? What else, or, you know, how else can I increase the money that's coming into my business? What else can I do? What other services can I perform? Do I, do I start, um, uh, again, based on your experience, right? You don't want to go take on some, uh, new project that you have no clue how to do, but just be resourceful, right? Um, and form those relationships. People are the ones paying people. People pay people. Remember that it's not, yes, we, we send it through emails, but make sure that uh, you're looking for ways, ways to increase um, your funds, right? And um, again, it's temporary. Dips happen in businesses. So the other thing I will say, though, is once you kind of make it out through this point, begin to understand, uh, uh, keep, keep track of of. of what were your bare essentials? What were the bare essentials? Like, what did you need um, when your firm went through this difficult period? What did you what, what did you cut out, <laughs> and what did you need? Because yes, we might not have another pandemic, but what if a large project you're working on goes on hold? Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. May I may I ask a kind of a stupid question? Yeah. Possibly. So I know that I'm not alone in my anxiety of calling up the you know the person who owes me money or the people who owe me money like right now people owe me twenty two thousand dollars so it'd be super nice to get paid look at you floating so I'm writing it down. i got my i got my paper so what do i say i call them up and i say hi could you pay me no i can't say that so hi wonder if you got my invoice or do i say so yeah i'm about to start invoicing again and i haven't gotten the payment yet i mean what do i exactly what can i say and i'll just use your words and then i won't be <laughs> So 
you've already laid it out, right? Um, so here's one thing before I, before I say what you can say, here's one thing. It is work you perform. This is your money. This is, you know, like you have already right. expended, um, uh, time for you to create that invoice, right? So you shouldn't, as a business owner, don't be, don't let your fear of reaching out or picking up the phone or you had a contract. <laughs> There's a legal document signed between you and the client, right? Um, that you perform services, they pay you for this, pay you for the service. So don't be afraid to ask for what is yours. Um, then, so, so, so now in terms of what you say, right? Um, hi, hi, Jeff. <laughs> Trust this beats you well today. I am following up on invoice number. X, Wait, X, X. A, a phone call or is this an email? You can do an email. You can do a phone oh, call good. depending on the relationship you have with the, with the person. I am huge on, um, you, you forming relationships. So if you don't have a relationship with the person who's paying you, and what I mean by relationship, I don't mean you're now all of a sudden best friends, but at least, um, you know who to reach out to consistently. And the other thing that I will say before I go back to that email is you are, you, as a business owner, you don't want to be reaching out after your invoice, uh, is due for payments. So let's say you have a 30 day, um, uh, payment terms. You should be reaching out to Jeff. Jeff, sorry. Yeah. My, you're the person who owes us money. Yep. You should be reaching out to Jeff around day 20. Hey, Jeff, just touching base, making sure that you um making sure that you received my invoice and there are no issues you can say that there are no issues with my invoice and that we're scheduled for payment on now whether jeff um, responds um, is a different case is a different case but you're what that is doing is you're setting a standard right your client now knows there's a standard <laughs> to expect from you by the time you do this one month two months three months Again, you you become at the forefront of their mind. <laughs> when it's time to make payments, they know, you know, they will remember Catherine, right? Okay, like, like let's add Catherine's payments. Or they will be like, we don't even want to get Catherine's email. <laughs> or we don't want to get Catherine's phone call. That's true. That's I'm true. not saying that this, work, this is, you know, but again, as for you as a business owner, you're, you're showing people how, um, how, what the standard is or the right way it is that you run your business. Yeah. No, you're right. Like Verizon is, harasses you if you don't pay your bill, like the day it's due. So unlike other people, you know, you can go another 20 days. Yes. Right. right? So they've so, trained me to pay my bill and the other people have trained me not to pay my bill until. <laughs> later. Yeah. So, so I, you know, again, I like, I don't want you waiting, um, to on, on the 40th day for, and we know, like, if you don't get your $22,000 invoice, I know what that can do for a small firm. Yeah. Right? It's not like a large firm that, okay, they don't get their $22,000 invoice, so there are ways, right, or ways to make it through. But that can cripple a, a small business um, not receiving a check a check of that size. You know, thankfully, all is, you know, we're here, you look great, so all is well in your business. But, you know, you want to get out of that um, yeah. want to get out of that cycle of floating, of floating, <laughs> floating company. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you you yeah. haven't you haven't used the word yet, but in addition to uh, none of us having been trained as accountants uh, in architecture school, we also were not trained um, to be banks. Yes. And you know, I, I, there's a lot of people right now commenting about whether they're comfortable, whether they're not, they used to be, now they're not, you know, whatever. And, you know, the fact of the matter, and, and you put it a slightly different way, but it's, you are, you are providing banking services. If you're not, uh, you know, if these people owe you this money and you're not collecting on it. So, um, yeah. you know, they're, they wouldn't hesitate to call you. Yeah. And, um, you know, another thing that you can think about, I, I don't, I don't know, but sometimes, you know, putting interest language mm -hmm. in your, in your contract. Now, do you act on it all the time? No, but the, you might have a difficult client where you might need to send an interest invoice. And trust me, the one time, even no matter your size, nobody likes to pay interest. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when you get that, you know, to, there's a trigger, right? Again, it's not, there's, it's not, um, you're not, you're not being mean or, you know, you know, it's not, you're not trying to be, it's just, you're running a business. No, I know. Right. I know. Yeah. You know, like, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, I see daily compounding interest will speed that along. You're running a business, right? So, yeah. um, you now need to start, um, how you want your clients or, or the relationships. It's all, it's relationships, right? I say it's habits. It's really, it, again, it's, it's relationships. You want, um, you want to make sure you're building your right relationships. And if you've never, if you have, you know, old clients where it might be difficult, but think about how you want to kick off, right? You guys have a kickoff when you're starting a new project. Well, are you kicking off how you will be invoicing? Are you kicking off the accounting piece of it? Or are you just kicking off the project piece of it, right? So in that kickoff meeting, you're saying, um, yes, we're going to deliver, you know, I don't know, XX or this is the schedule and this is how we'll be invoicing you. Kick yeah. it off right. in that meeting. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's a great advice. idea. That's great advice. Yeah. 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 I usually, I usually end up waiting till I'm really desperate and then I end up calling or emailing Catherine, saying, I can I come up this afternoon and pick it up? Can you take it to your door this afternoon? I'm coming. <laughs> but I'd rather not do that. They could just send it to me earlier. Kind of, yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I, mean, I do train people how to treat me. Someone just said that in the comments. You know, bye. Yeah. I mean, you know, you would hope, right? In a perfect world, you would invoice, you get paid right away. But we, the truth is, we don't live. You don't have the perfect. We all don't have the perfect client. Um, things happen on projects, right? So again, that's why I say. Sometimes maybe there are delays, maybe the client's not happy, but if you're not communicating and asking these things, you know, there are several things that can hold up your invoice being paid and you want to make sure that you've addressed, if, if you, if there are any issues, you've addressed enough of it that you can, that that invoice can be paid, right? So there are lots of times, even there are lots of times we hear, um, the invoice was lost in email, you know, or, several things right but maybe the invoice was truly lost but if you never reached out maybe they didn't get it maybe it went to spam if you never reached out to follow up how would you you know then you're there waiting many months and not um only only to find out that somebody didn't get it or it's sitting on someone's desk right no you're right yep. you're right
I'm, yep. I've written down what you said, and I'm definitely going to do it. And it start off, number one, don't be afraid is the first step. So Simple. number two. Right? Yeah. yeah, right? That's a mindset, right? You're, 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 yeah. you're releasing yourself uh, from a mindset of, of asking for what is yours. Legally, yeah. it's yours. <laughs> even if, you know, even if maybe you put Catherine the personal down, be like, my legal hat. You need to put on your legal hat and say, legally, you know, contractually, they're obligated down. to meet their financial responsibilities. So that's going to help. Yeah. I'm going to put this up on my monitor later. I'm going to tape it up. Just call me. I'll pay you. Jeff, yes, everybody yes. call Jeff and he'll be, uh, he'll be yeah. the guy getting all your invoices paid. I'm, I'm changing my phone number tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I'm oh. looking at the time and we have yep. gone What's past your, oh. your hard stop time. So. We can keep, keep talking about this, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I'm actually going to Nigeria uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, just, you know, the, the day before, trying to get things um, in place in the house and all of that. Completely understand. Enjoy that trip. Thank um, you. We really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. This, uh, this was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Thank You've you. been such an inspiration. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. You're and welcome. to uh, to everybody out there in the audience, certainly that's live, but also listening, uh, there are a few ways that you can find out more. Uh, if you are a uh, member of the Entree Architect, uh, or if you're part of the Entree Architect membership, go check out the expert training session that Bolanli, uh presented at the beginning of June. Uh, the recording is in the archive right now. You can listen to that. It's a fantastic presentation. Um, of course, you can go to any of the websites for her initiatives that we mentioned earlier. The first is She Builds Money, so SheBuildsMoney.com. That's a re financial resources for uh, small firm owners. Uh, the second was She Builds Waves, which is a resource for women in design. And the third that we mentioned was She Builds Lives. So the first two is SheBuildsMoney.com, SheBuildsWaves.com, and then SheBuildsLives.org, and that's her not-for-profit that is uh, focused on building schools and supporting children in Nigeria. So lots of places that you can get more information and participate in the communities that Bolanli is building. Uh, also check out She Builds Money on uh, at She Builds Money on Instagram. And yeah. if you want to connect with her personally, go to at Bolanli underscore HQ on Instagram. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, but guys, you will, um, I know you guys have a party, theme parties. I'm a huge theme party uh, <laughs> person. So you might run into some of that on my, on my personal page, but I'm happy to connect, you know, on, on all my platforms. And last, if, if it's okay, can I share one last Ooh. thing? The community, yep. I actually have uh, my first business book coming out in the fall. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yes, good. it's called Build Boldly. All right. Well, here's path and lead with courage. Yes. Nice. All right. So here's, you can get that here's... information at your website. Yes. Yes. More okay, of that, that to come. Okay. So go to uh, go yeah, to com. There you go. And for those of you in the audience, that's on the screen right now. Uh, if you're listening, that's b o l a n l e w o dot com. So bolanlewo dot com and uh, 
if it's all right with you, we would like to invite you back once you have your book published and can talk yes. about the book. Thank you. Would love That'd to do that. Fun. All right. We would love that as well. So uh, to all of you in the audience and to all of you listening in the future, we appreciate all of you. Thank you for participating in this conversation with us. Thanks for all of your comments that have been streaming while we've been talking here. Um, we appreciate all of you being part of the Context and Clarity community here and uh, showing up and, and making Context and Clarity a thing. So thank you for that. Um, as always, uh, I encourage you to uh, be well, stay safe, stay well, keep those around you safe and well. Um, find some way to take a little bit of time this evening and uh, relax, rejuvenate a little bit because we're going to come back tomorrow and do this all over. You had uh, the MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be back, same bat time, same bat channel, 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. If you want to get started early, join us on the Clubhouse app in the Context and Clarity Club at 9 a.m. Eastern. And tomorrow, uh, our topic will be uh, it's, it, this is a question I came up with. I'm not really sure exactly what it means, but basically I, I want to think outside the box. Have you ever used any non-traditional project financing? That could be in terms of getting it built. That could be in terms of paying for your fees, whatever. I'm just really wanting to think outside the box tomorrow when it comes to, uh, the way finances flow through, uh, through projects. So that'll be the topic tomorrow, both at 9 a.m. Eastern on the uh, Clubhouse app and at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. So again, thank you to all of you uh, for joining us. Thank you, Balanli, for being our special guest today. Oh, and thank you for having me. This was great. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And Catherine, thank you uh, once again for co-hosting and uh, yep. keeping this train on the rails. All right. With that, thank right, you, everybody. Bye. We'll see Bye. you again sometime somewhere soon. Bye. Before we go, I want to say thank you to Twinmotion for their support of this episode of Context and Clarity Live. Visit Twinmotion today at twinmotion.link slash clarity and try Twinmotion for free. And also, thank you to Monograph for their support of this podcast episode. To reserve a seat at their first ever interactive virtual conference, visit sectioncut.com today. Thanks for listening to this week's Context and Clarity Live episode. Selfishly, I love these conversations because I get to be the go-between between you and some really incredible guests. To that end, I want to know what you think about today's guest. Message me on the socials. I'm really easy to find. I'm Jeff underscore Eccles everywhere. If you happen to run across a white-haired chiropractor from Austin, Texas, yeah, that's not me. I'm the other Jeff Eccles. Oh, and if you have an idea for a future guest, tell me who it is and why you think they'd be a good guest for one of these conversations. Maybe we can get them on a future episode. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. 
where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.